3: Back in the saddle again. We're back in the saddle again. Okay,
2: Gene Autry, what's that all about?
3: Well, after our normal break, Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan are back on the air with ten months of terrible commercials.
2: Ever think of hiring a copywriter? Pat's pretty good.
3: Hey, we're selling cars, not carpets. Anyways, too expensive. Check out our new press release.
2: This just in, Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan have started out 2022 as the number one and number two dealers in the state of Minnesota. Jason Leckler has been quoted as saying, this is the year I bump off Dan Resch. He studied animal husbandry for crying out loud. Dan replied with, blow it, JLo."
4: Take it from Zap. They ship today.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I was just kind of glancing at the news just in case some big story is breaking. I'm not going to cover a lot of news today, but I just took a gander to see if anything big was breaking. Basically, all it is that a lot of big businessmen are under investigation. Uh, Biden's son is under investigation now. So is Biden because he lied. He said he never met with his partners when he actually had dinner with them. Donald Trump is under investigation. <laughs> is there anybody who's not under investigation?
0: I don't think I am. There's one
2: person who's not under investigation. Don Shelby. But he should be. He should be. Yes. <clears throat> he should be under investigation. I don't think it's, for the crimes against nature, <sighs> crimes against manhood. What Hello, do you think? Hello, Don. Hello. How are you? What do you want Happy to, 2000. Thank you. Thank you very much. Where are you? I'm in my office. You don't have an office. Why would you, you have an office?
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a complete waste of revenue. That's all I have to say. Don, i got to ask you a question. It's very, very nice of you to be here in any case. You're obviously a very, very big part of this show, no doubt about that. But I want to ask you a question. Sure. Because I really feel bad because I, I you know, over the years, I've, you know, working for Hubbard and, you know, Ron Majors was there and then got to sure. be friends with Paul Majors, watch him. You and I got to be very good friends. I watched you and Mark Rosen, of course, on Channel 4, Frank Vassalero. Is local news going to just disappear because streaming services, they have it, but is it? I've been told that nobody's watching the news anymore. That's terrible. People are not watching the news, Tom, at the time that uh, it
6: is on the air. Uh, So what is probably going to go away is the uh, noon and the four and the five and the six and the Mm ten. Those are going to go away. Appointment television is going to go away. uh, Nobody is watching. No one has the time to watch. No one has the uh, inclination to watch anything when they have to be there when they have to yeah. tune in at a certain time because uh we have these devices where we can get this information at any time we want to and uh, that's when we want to so that's why the uh things like CNN and Fox and MSNBC have been so valuable for news viewers is that anytime during the day they have a uh, uh, 30 minutes or so they can sit down and get what's happening right. today. Right. And so waiting for the local news is uh, to be someplace in front of a television set at a certain time. So unless they step up their uh, the frequency of their broadcasts in terms of allowing social media to take to take over, the internet to take over, Mm -hmm. so that these shows are available at any time that people choose to watch, which they've done a a fairly good job of. They're, even though they're in the, quote, media, uh, they're not as skilled uh, at trying to find audiences as letting audiences find them. So they need to learn that uh, trick. But the other side of the coin is this, uh, among uh, if you look at the research surveys on uh, journalism the, about 70% distrust of the of Americans distrust journalists and distrust journalism but when asked specifically and it's very much like uh, politics they like their own congressman but they hate congress <laughs> right. they, yeah, exactly. they they like They like their people, whether they're watching any of the channels that are available to them, they feel a relationship to them, particularly with the weather people, they feel a closeness with them. And so they'll be very critical of journalism, uh, and the way it's practiced in America, I among them, and they will uh, say though, however, we really like Amelia, we, we really trust her. Uh, but we don't trust anybody else but well, we really trust frank or we really trust uh, any of the other people who are currently
2: on the air at other stations but here's the problem for a guy like me um it for me all started of course with dave moore there's no question about that one of the greats yep. of all time uh i loved dave moore and, and later in life by the way i i think you know this story but it's a situation where i did get to know dave and uh and because of voiceover, not because of radio or television. Right, because right, right. Of, I met him because of voiceover and all the rest of it. And then when he retired, I was sitting with him over at Cookhouse. Uh, he would be sitting in the lobby, both waiting to go to work. And there's mm-hmm. a the man I've been watching since I was a little boy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, Dave, I got to tell you something. You are the best newsman, and I'm talking national, local, whatever doesn't matter to me you're the best newsman I've ever seen and everybody I judge based on you and he said to me you know how much that means to me coming from a man of your stature and yeah. it made me like tear up I was like what the hell are you talking about you're Dave Moore pal yeah. you know but that's the kind of guy he was the kind of guy you are um, you know the the Majors brothers uh, does this town realize the talent that they've had come through here Unlike any other city in America, maybe Chicago is shoulder to shoulder, but Minneapolis St. Paul has had the best news anchors, men and women, weather people, sports people, that I've seen in any moment. When I moved to New York, Don, I went, These people suck compared to the people we got, (laughs) right? Yes.
3: They're terrible
2: compared to you guys. So I'm glad to hear that maybe that somehow we'll figure out that, uh, that, you know, when I can. I can sit down and I can watch the news when I want to watch the news. Because, you know, I, I did used to record it, but now because of streaming, you don't record anything anymore either. I mean, right. I suppose you right. could, I guess. Yeah. But, but I need to see my Don Shelbys and my Pat Miles and my Dave Moores and, uh, you know, the, the Frank and Amelia, obviously. You get on the list of people. Chris Eggert's a very good friend of mine. I love that guy. Right. So right. hopefully they'll get it all figured out because I do need to know what's going on locally because... Uh, it's just not like it used to be it's too bad
6: as soon as they can figure out the streaming service uh, end of it uh so that the news is available when people need it otherwise they're going to lose an entire generation yeah, of people because primarily uh you know the blue hairs that were the uh fans of WCCO in the old days before they started to uh, expand their base a little bit the uh, they're not so inclined. I mean, they're more inclined to sit in front of the television set at six o'clock and at ten o'clock. But uh, younger people have—they don't want anything of that. They just, yeah. Uh, if, if I want news, I want when I want news, I will get news. I won't wait until these times. So. If you don't adapt to that, you're going to really lose a large section of the audience. And as you know, Mm -hmm. the advertisers are most concerned with the younger audience. So they they love the 18 to 38. And if you have a big chunk of that audience Mm – so the first first people who figure it out locally – Uh, are going to be the overall winners, both financially and in terms of ratings. And then the more ratings you get, the better service you provide. Yeah, Because you get more money uh, from the advertising dollars, so you're going to hire more reporters, and you're going to be at more locations, and you're going to expand investigations, which, uh, because of the tightness of the market, that has gone away, uh, primarily. And you're going to maybe travel overseas, which uh, I did. I mean, I've probably spent... $10 $10 million of the station's money in just uh, travel and, and investigations, and that money is just not there anymore because there were only three stations to speak of uh, yeah. that really competed for 90% of the advertising revenue, and now there are, what, 450 Stations basically, that right. is the choice of anyone that they right. can go to, and so. But that money that came into the pot stayed the same, Tom. And so now you're getting it divided instead of three ways; you're getting it divided four hundred ways. <laughs> and so that money—that money's just not there.
2: So you wouldn't take those odds to Vegas. The only problem I have with that eighteen to thirty-eight demo is there's not a whole lot of money there. There might be a lot not of anymore. Pay- there not, no not anymore. There aren't. There's no money anymore. So, I don't know, if you're turning away everybody over the age of 40 and counting on people under the age of 38, you're not going to make any money because there's no money there.
6: Right. And and less money, as the demographers will show you, yeah. that uh, this is probably the first generation in centuries where they don't even have a hope to w- make as much money as their parents made. Right. It was always the the idea that a younger generation was going to do better than their parents did. but it's just not happening, and because – and there are fewer of them coming up. So they're not making as large a chunk or percentage of the market. But, the you know, the idea that the advertisers had is that if you could hook these young people, it really didn't matter that they were young. Right. What mattered is you could imprint iPana toothpaste on these people, and they would buy it when they were young, and they would buy it when they were old. They would stay with them for yep. the entire thing if you bought a, a Ford F-150 – that was the truck you were going to
2: have the rest of your life. That has also changed. There is no doubt about it. Well, I, I really appreciate your take on it because it does make me very, very sad because that was a big thing for me and when, when I was a kid, when I was a young man. And I was very lucky, you know, talking about that make, making uh, as much money or more money than your parents. I was lucky that my dad never worked, so by the time I was like twelve, I made more money than he did. So that worked out really well for me. Hey, mom, look at me! I made more money than dad ever made. When my
6: my father died, I went. uh, I I was one of the three kids who was tasked the responsibility of going through paperwork, and uh, in his last year of working, and and he was a member of the country club, but the. I later learned that he didn't pay for that. His company paid for that, mm-hmm, right? Well, I, but everybody considered him kind of a a well-to-do guy. And but Tom, uh, his last uh, filing, uh, his top earnings uh, was twenty thousand four hundred dollars a year. Oh God, yeah, <clears throat> that was a lot of dough, too. That was a lot of money. Making... And, I... and he, you know, two uh, two cars every. Every yep. three years, he had brand new cars, and, and, uh, and we didn't have a swimming pool or anything, but uh, we had a nice house that we lived in, and he always paid his taxes, and uh, which were strange then because back then, uh, the taxes were – he was in the 90% right ta- tax bracket. Yep. And so he had to figure out every conceivable way of not avoiding taxes but trying to figure out all of the different rules that had been put in place in the tax code. That said, if that can't be taxable income, if you're donating to a church or if you're right, donating right. over the Red Cross, or so he had to get rid of most of his money, and that wasn't a lot of money to get rid of. And so when uh, I got a raise, I wanted to oh, I want to call uh, dad and, and tell him you know I've got this. Then I went no, I'm not no, going to no, because he's going to ask me how much I'm going I'm making. And I
2: can't hurt him that way. I can't tell him how much money I'm making. No, I understand that 100%. I just got a text message from a listener, a long-time listener to the podcast. and They want to know, you've been on the air for 12 and a half minutes and you have not used your favorite podcast word yet. What's the problem? Well, I haven't because I didn't know if it were
6: uh, uh, legal to do that. So Well, we do have a listener request for it. So <laughs> oh. Well, then you can go tell that listener to go fuck himself.
2: (laughs) People (laughs) loved that so much when you came out and wouldn't stop dropping the F-bomb. It was phenomenal. It was the greatest. It was a fan favorite. A fan favorite. Don Shelby (laughs) saying the F-bomb. It was great.
3: Don, it's Doug Sprinthal. And you probably don't remember, but I had a a guy that uh, worked for the company that was a huge fan of the podcast, huge fan of you. His name was Jack Robinson, and for his birthday, uh you I said just say t- fuck you, Jack. That's his I t- I r- that's his t- ringtone. <laughs> what? Yeah.
2: It's his ringtone. It's like, hey big Jack, go fuck yourself. So that's what <laughs> happens when the phone goes off. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I do
6: remember that. I just talked to Betsy Hodges. Oh yeah, me. yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Um there were she's she's moved and she's got some new stuff and and she's out in DC. and That's what I heard, and, yeah. And, and so, um, and and we talked about that very thing because you remember when she came on your show. Oh yeah, uh, and and she was treated very nicely, but uh, the f bomb was just flying. <laughs> you, you know, with the mayor of Minneapolis, and
2: just saying go fuck yourself so whatever works you know and and, well a lot of people told her to do that anyway and they've told me to do that so it will get used to it after a while it works out in the end you know it's so amazing about that don we don and i've talked politics for quite some time because i'm not a democrat nor a republican i just kind of hang around the middle somewhere but uh is don still with us or is that I think it just lost connection for yeah. a second. Oh, it did for a second. Okay. Yeah, we just lost Am okay. I still here? You yep. are. All good. Can you hear us? Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure you could. But, yep. uh, you know, all the the Democrats that I've endorsed on the KQ Morning Show on the podcast over the years, not one of them ever call, won and then called back and said, hey, thanks for the endorsement. Not one of them. What is that all about? Oh,
6: you know, it might but Instead of being a, in a generalization to a party, it just may be the people. Uh, I'm not fond of politicians. Mm, I understand. <laughs> uh, uh, I've spent a lot, a lot of years as an investigative reporter, and uh, I ended up somewhere uh, sometime investigating somebody. And that's why I had a particular rule to never be a friend of a politician yeah. until they retired uh, i would never associate with them i'd never uh, of course we were not allowed to make any contributions or endorse any candidates right. uh, because who knew you may have to you know go out and Matt gates them later on uh, and if you liked them a lot you might go easy on them so you had to be very careful about that but uh, I'm sorry that that happens to you. What I think is just bad manners, basically. Yeah, I think
2: you're absolutely right about that. I, I don't think there's and, any question.
6: And there. and it's also this: uh, when when they were trying to rile me up to run for Congress,
2: yeah,
6: um, years ago when I was still with you, the um, I got a call from a member of Congress, and the name's not important, but a member of Congress said, "Don't run." Um, they're from. They were within. Um, this delegation, and don't run because you're not suited for it. And I kind of put that as an insult. Absolutely. Uh, because I thought, well, I'm not suited to be, what, diplomatic? I'm not uh, suited to legislate? I'm not suited to come up with it. And he said, no, 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 that's not the point. Uh, I'm a congressperson, and I uh, spend one year legislating, and I spend one year spending 40 hours a week on the phone begging people for money. Yeah, yep.
2: That's the and whole job. Said,
6: and he said, I know you too well. I know that's nothing that you could ever bring yourself to do. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I and, and that was it. Boom. I just and I called the uh, C and said, nope, not me. Find somebody else. And I'm they, not like that. They, they
2: asked me and I told everybody to get out of the state. Get out! It'd be wonderful. Andy, you have a piece of audio for it? I do. We'd
3: I love something to hear it. Something that Don recorded uh, before the show.
2: Oh. All right, I'll play it now.
6: <laughs> Next week for me will be 33 years. Really? Back up two weeks to about this mm, March 28th, okay. uh, 1980, and I went on the air drunk, and I um, Seriously drunk, about a quart of Jack Daniels. <laughs> label. That was your choice. yeah. And so I, uh, I was uh, completely sloshed. Nobody—I had never talked to any of the producers. Uh, I hit out, and then I went on the air drunk, and they—they they had no idea until they—they they saw me, and uh, we got uh, five thousand messages on the the, they had to bring in somebody else to take phone calls it was just one after the other get that drunk off the air he's humiliating he's embarrassing but there was one guy who i've never met i would love to meet to this day (laughs) because in 1980 the iranian hostage crisis was at its peak and that was the lead story it was where nightline came from and this message said (laughs) and i kept that page it said, "I appreciate Mr. Shelby explaining the Iranian hostage crisis in the Ayatollah's own tongue." <laughs> <laughs> I wait until it's sixty-four.
2: That is phenomenal. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> I, if, if,
6: if that guy, if that guy is listening today, I want him to call into your show. It would be Stan Turner. Yeah, it was probably,
3: probably
2: Stan. <laughs> yeah. That's a possibility. Uh, you know, I got to mention it because we only got a couple of minutes left, and it's so nice of you to come on here. But I got to mention, at the very beginning of my, my career at KQRS, we're a couple of years in, and after about six months, it, it it broke through, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And when I would get just beside myself, like, what the hell am I going to do next? I would go sit on the roof of Channel 4 with Don Shelby, and he'd go, Tom, don't take it that way. Don't worry about it. You were so... I will never, ever forget what you did for me back in those days because I don't know who else I would have talked to about it. I said, Don, you've had phenomenal success. How do you do this? So I learned a lot from you, pal. Well, it was always my
6: pleasure, and your friendship has been a treasure to me. And I think about you all the time, and I, I can't... Express how pleased I am that uh, this has continued for you, that you have been recognized the way you've been recognized, and uh, what I appreciated uh, beyond the fact that you have been so successful is that you have included me uh, in in your life. Oh, you've, you've said when I need to when I need to hear something, when I need to hear the truth. Yep, I'm I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to ask him. What's your take on what's been happening around me, and uh, and you've allowed me, which I think is shows great courage, to speak to you factually, to say here's what you have to consider, yep. here's uh, what happened, and this is the way you, I would handle it if it happened to me, yeah. and I not, that's a side of you that I think people don't see. I think people uh, think you're uh, sometimes uh, brash and overconfident. You're a thoughtful person uh, who takes things seriously, who takes wounds seriously, and you dress those wounds in the smartest way possible, and that is to go to people who love you
2: and uh, let them help. Well, there were a few of you at at CCO. I just missed Mark Rosen the other day at Profile, went over there and had a meeting and ran into uh, Paul Lambert, Meat Sauce, people know him as a, a K fan. And, of course, uh, Rosie was coming in a half an hour later, but I had a 3.30 meeting. It was going to be there. I was, couldn't wait to see him. But last time I saw him, e was at uh, Frank Vassalero's mother's memorial. Right. And he asked yeah. me to go in the other room. He said, will you come in the other room? I've got to talk to you for a second. I went in the other room and he said, I really miss you, gave me a hug, and started crying. I will yeah. never forget it, ever, as yeah. long as I live. You guys are yeah. amazing to me because Channel 4, my God! Look, I worked at Hubbard, and they had a great, like I said, they did a nice thing. Tom Ryther, and, you know, we had Ron Majors on there, and, of course, you know, a van and all those people, so they were wonderful to work with. But then I finally started going to the CCO newsroom, you people, you and Pat Miles and Mark Rosen, you get on the list, you, you were terrific to me, and when I just didn't know what the hell to do next, I asked Don, and he goes, give up. No, that's not what you said. It was some like along those lines. But I will never, ever, ever uh, be able to tell people uh, how much I cherish our friendship. And, and I need to have dinner with you one night. So you got to stick around town for a while. Absolutely, Will. And you've brought the conversation full circle. Uh,
6: and this will only take uh, 30 seconds because I know Andy's looking at the clock. But uh, you started off with Dave Moore. Yep. It also it also ends with Dave Moore yep. because Dave set the standard. He was the big dude. He was the giant, not only in this community, but he was, he was a giant, as you mentioned, around the world. But he was the first person to get up when a new kid came in with wet behind the ears that just came from Fargo or Rochester or someplace. He would get up out of his chair and walk over and and introduce himself. Like he had to introduce himself. He would go, shake the the young man or woman's hand and say, my name is Dave Moore. I work here and I'm over at that desk. And if you ever have a problem, uh, come to me. And Uh, that kind of humility and the humility that he displayed saying that, uh, a man of your stature hearing this compliment yep. from a man of your stature, yep. well, that that went down. And when I showed up in the newsroom, I'm this cocky, skinny, tall basketball player dude who uh, and who was always right <laughs> and always had an opinion about some kind of shit. And then, uh, and after about six months, I realized that's not that's not the way that it's done here. No, nope. that's not that that doesn't work in Dave's house. And so I became more like Dave and Rosie became more like Dave and Pat became more like Dave. And so, and he never told us to do any of those things. We just saw that kindness, friendliness, cheerfulness was the best way forward. And so uh, as you have recognized and uh, said that, that Dave was the man, he is still
2: the man to me in my heart. No doubt about it. I'll be reaching out soon, pal. Like I said, I gotta say, I haven't seen you in, a, in quite a while during the whole COVID, about, about a couple of yeah, years I, actually because of COVID. Yeah, but. it has been bad. We'll tee it up. I will give you a go. Don, thank you so much for being part of this whole deal. The 2000s episode not on, just a couple of a couple of months away from nine years of it, and it's wonderful to start the show off with you. Thank you, sir. My heart's with you, bud. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Okay, bye. See you. Bye-bye. Legendary Don Shelby, one of the greatest news anchors of all time. There's no doubt about that. We will be right back after this break. The 2022 Bloomington Boat Show is here and going on now. Get out of the cold and into a 25,000-square-foot heated showroom at Dan's Southside Marine. A huge inventory of boats means the best deals of the year. Over 60 boats on display from Premier, Avalon, Berkshire, Alumacraft, and more. Explore what's new for 2022 We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I like the way Don Shelby put that. You know, a lot of people think you're overconfident. <laughs> he goes with overconfident, which works for me. We are back. Andy, you got a little audio to play for us, do you? I sure do. I'm fresh off the turnip
5: truck in Los Angeles. <laughs> It's 1984, I know Jerry Seinfeld a little bit from the road, I go to the improv. uh, Just to hang with Jerry, Jerry's introducing me to some other comics, Rodney Dangerfield walks in at the height of his popularity. And, and guys like that could just walk in and do a guest set, however long they wanted. Rodney's were always on the shorter set anyway, but he goes in to do his guest set. And on the way in, he's big hug for Jerry because they know each other from New York. And I go, boy, it'd be great to meet Rodney. And he says, you want to meet Rodney? Sure. On the way out, I'll just introduce you to Rodney. So I go, oh, this is great. So we wait like fifteen Enjoying minutes. Rodney's walking out. Jerry goes, hey, Rodney, wait a second. He's Rodney's about to get into his limo. We're out on the street. He goes, hey, eh, what do you need, Jerry? And uh, Jerry goes, hey, I want you to meet a, a friend of mine, a young comic, uh, very funny, uh, Jeff Cesario. Jeff Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney goes, Cesario, uh, Italian, huh? Stick to the tumbling. And
2: gets right in the limo and takes off. <laughs> One of the greatest stories of all time, ladies and gentlemen. There's only one way to introduce this man. Uh, Cesario, huh? Italian, huh? Stick to the tumbling. I love that story. I I, I will never get sick of that story, Mr. Cesario.
7: Hey, man, how are you?
2: Magnificent. Are you leaving? Are you... Oh, or somebody's just taking the dog out for a walk, and it's raining. That's it,
7: usually what happens when I'm introduced. A few people leave immediately.
2: <laughs> yeah, Cesario's on, huh? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go walk the dog. Oh no! Oh no! Well,
7: time to let the dog
2: take a poop. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. We kicked off the the, uh, the show today with Don Shelby he was just on for segment. The second segment, Jeff Cesario's on. Here's another guy. Over the years, God, some of the memories out playing golf, hanging out, having a wonderful yeah. time. One of my favorite what? Jeff Cesario stories is, I don't know if you were married at the time. I think you were, but you may have still been dating. And as a joke, I picked up Jeff and his wife or wife to be in the most garish limousine that I could find, <laughs> and she thought I was serious. <laughs> <laughs>
7: It was the kind of limo where <laughs> high school kids go, oh, that's too much. You know, <laughs> don't get
3: that one. I was okay with the pink, but the gold <laughs> the gold door handles are too much. I too much I was say, if it
2: didn't have uh, gold spinners or something, then it's... Oh, yeah it, has. yeah, it can't be too much. Flashing yellow and red and green lights and, oh, God, oh, it, was, yeah. it was the most garish, well, hideous l-
7: thing. let me just say this before I forget. Okay. Here's why you're one of the absolute greats of not just broadcasting, but voiceover, you got through that boat inventory commercial without laughing when you said, check out the amazing pontoons. That's why you're the
2: greatest. Right there, the Dan amazing
7: pontoons. They're amazing you did pontoons. Not laugh.
8: <laughs> you didn't laugh.
2: That's I, um, impressive. <laughs> I'm amazed by pontoons, mister. I want you to know that was very sincere. I'm amazed by pontoons. Plus the fact, Dan Chesky, who owns Dan Southside Marine, looks like my youngest brother, so I can't be mean to him. He does. Everybody thinks he's my brother. It's hilarious.
7: (laughs) That's so great. Well, I would imagine that happens a lot to some extent up there because you have a look. You have an upper Midwest look. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
8: yeah, Yeah, it
7: comes on you at some point. It's just inevitable. After taking the weight of so many winters, <laughs> it just that look sinks into people's faces. And then they go, Oh, I, I, that's one of my relatives
2: over
9: there.
2: I know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I do have to thank you, you and quote unquote your people, because whether they like it or not, because I grew up a nice Catholic boy over in North <laughs> Minneapolis, the only people I could take shots at, and uh, the cancel culture doesn't get too worried about it, is Italians. They let me just say yeah. whatever I want about Italians. Oh, they don't care. You can say anything you want about Italians. No one's going to get mad. It's <laughs> kind of weird, actually.
7: Yeah, it's, well, it's because that's their chosen method of communication. Right. On a true. regular that, basis. Right. It's insults, insult. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're constantly busting chops. I mean, I remember I used to do a bit on, uh, two Italian guys could carry on an entire conversation, all of it questions. Nice steady day, isn't it? Well, you're talking to me? What's the matter with you today? What's that in your crawl? I mean, it'll go for for twenty questions before somebody has a declarative statement, and that the statement is usually "I don't want to have an argument." That's the statement at the end of right. thirty questions.
2: Exactly. One of my favorites of all time, and why I am so fond of that humor. Anyway, uh, Johnny Carson. One night, he keeps having these people just show up. You know, uh, they they just walk through the curtain, and all of a sudden there's there's Dean Martin, and then ten yeah. minutes later there's Frank Sinatra, and then ten minutes after that here comes Don Rickles, and I will never forget this. And and Don inspired me in many many different ways, but this one particularly. Sure. Don Rickles comes out on a Tonight Show, which at the time had about twelve to fourteen million viewers, a little higher than they get today, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean, because there are only three <laughs> channels. But uh, right. Don Rickles comes out and he looks and he goes, oh, "Look, Frank Sinatra, huh? Oh, list two. Right, Dean Martin. Let me make you guys feel at home. Araba badundi. He makes up some fake Italian words. I just loved That's it. That's so great. It that was just so wonderful. Great. So, two thousand. Holy 2,000 snow. episodes, nine years. You've been on many, many of them. God, I haven't seen I'm getting sick of COVID. The fact that I, I we just talked to Don Shelby, I haven't seen him in a couple of years, I haven't seen you in yeah. a couple of years. This is getting old, man. I need to see you guys.
7: Yeah, well, I'm coming into town October, so I'll pop on. Oh, if God, you're still you get, doing it. Unless this is your last episode,
2: you're just saying to hell with it. Yeah, you could just <laughs> burn. up shop. you oh, no. <laughs> ruined it. It was. Ter- let's just give it up. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. Where, where are you going to be in October? Are you just coming to town to visit, or are you going to be working? Uh, going to the
7: Laugh Factory. I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, that's my L.A. club. Uh, Acme, downtown. Oh, that's
2: mm-hmm. wonderful. That's where I did
7: my album with Acme. It's
2: great. Yep. Right. Yeah, I know, yeah, I do know that, that to be a fact. Of course, I did
7: my album in September of 19,
2: and oh. uh,
7: wisely, the oh. album company decided to release it in September of 20. Oh, well, I no. Couldn't, I, I couldn't exactly back it up with a tour.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. What am
7: I, 79 years old? I finally get an album. They drop it in the middle of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's very...
2: That's terrible. <laughs> Honest to God.
7: You know, so I'm going to do my uh, album tour now.
2: <laughs> no, I think it's a good idea. You know, i got to... Could you tell people, you know... Th- th- I don't think a lot of people know the great shows that you you either directed or you wrote on. Or I mean, man, you were on some behind the scenes on some of the greatest shows in the history of television. I mean,
7: oh, thanks. Well, the first was Dennis Miller Live. Yep. Uh, and uh, we got we picked up two Emmys for that. And I had never worked behind the camera, and now thirty years later. Uh, I, I recognize that probably every two hours, HBO was on the phone to Dennis and his manager at the time, the late great Brad Gray, saying, hey, the kid's nice. Could we get somebody with some experience in here? But then, then we won we won an Emmy like for a second episode. So like that, I became the comedy whisperer. They wanted me to work on every... <laughs> they wanted me to work on like Chris Rock. They wanted me to work on Shanley. They wanted me to work on everything. So i did that then i went from dennis miller live to the uh, to uh to uh the larry sanders show
2: oh, which was great just, show you
7: know crazy that was like narrative camp for me i just drove to the studio every day and learned how to write a script it was unbelievable gary was amazing and then from there i did uh geez i did the oscars with billy crystal i did uh, a ton of emmys with gary and uh, and uh, grammy awards and then i did uh I did, uh, later in my career, I worked on uh, Brand X with Russell Brand, who's just a brilliant comic. Then I did uh, Queen Latifah's Daytime Show, which was a blast. She is a riot. If you ever get a chance to get her on, get her on. She is a musician, so she's got that sense of humor. She'll go blue on you in a heartbeat. She's she's hilarious. I had a great time on that. And just recently worked on Brian Regan's uh, Netflix thing, so... Yeah, I've had a had an unbelievable run. Can you swear on your yes podcast? You can. Okay. Yep. Um, so uh, it's been essentially bookended. I'll still work on some stuff. I'm sure. I'm, I'm writing some screenplays and things like that. But essentially, I started my TV career with Dennis Miller, where um, uh, you know we would literally have conversations in the writers' room, like. Uh, all right, Jeffro, should this be a motherfucker or a cocksucker?
8: <laughs> and then
7: I end it with Brian Regan, the nicest guy on the planet, who says, I don't think I can say fart. Could I say pass gas?
2: Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> swear. That's, that's absolutely no, true. No, he really does he not. Should.
3: He does on louder milk.
7: Yeah,
2: on louder milk <laughs> he does. Yeah, that's true. On louder milk yeah, he does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
7: Boy, he's, he is so much fun. Such a great guy, too. That's
2: what I hear. I hear. Uh, Very talented. We're hoping
7: to bring back that sketch show. But, yeah, so I have run the gamut, man. I have had an absolute blast writing for myself and writing for others. And and one of the keys for me for writing for others is I know what it feels like to be out on that spot in front of that camera. and, And think to myself, I don't have the safety net I need. So my goal was always give my performer everything he needs and uh and then let him shoot for the stars let him go off let him let him improvise and then because because that way they know if if it's not going well they got a nice safety net under so i think performers like to work with me for that reason so i had a great time
2: just a blast on every one of those one of the greatest things i've ever seen live we we're at the Kravis center in west palm beach florida uh, probably about two, 3,000 people in attendance at this thing. It was packed. Uh, he did two shows, and they both sold out. But uh, there's Dennis Miller up on stage just killing it, and some yeah. guy decides to start heckling him, right? Yeah. And Miller just ignores him and ignores him and ignores him, and the guy just won't stop. So I guess Dennis kind of figured they'd be coming to get the guy and escorting him out any minute. So Dennis drops his head, and he goes like this, <sighs> Drops his head down and goes, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm absolutely incapable of human communication.
8: <laughs>
2: that's, right. That's what he says to the guy. They come and all the Then he like,
7: waits two seconds and goes right back in, into his act. It's unbelievable. It's the he, greatest secular comeback I've ever
2: heard. Uh, phenomenal. He, he, seeing him live was a fantastic, fantastic time. He uh, He's as good as it gets. Very, very good. Yeah,
7: he's absolutely... Uh, Probably the best writer from my generation. And I think that's why we connected early in our days in Los Angeles uh, was because we were kind of two sides of the same coin. I was nicer. He was edgier. But we kind of approached jokes the same way. Yeah, you
2: did. And I'll never
7: forget the night we bonded, if you got time for a little story. We're at a place in the West Valley called uh, the L.A. Cabaret Comedy Mm -hmm. Club. And uh, this is how long ago it was. We finally get good. It's like eighty-four. It's before he's broken. I just have gotten to town. We're fast friends. We finally get decent spots at this out-of-the-way club. Eleven-fifteen, I go on. Eleven-thirty, he goes on. Eleven-fourteen, Skip Stevenson walks into the joint. He's huge at the time. Off right. like that stupid show with Byron Allen, whatever the hell that show was. Right. Like. Blasted on coke, right? So of course he's a big star. Boom, he gets to go right on stage, and he does an hour and a half. Right, oh. so one a.m. when <laughs> he leaves, everybody leaves with him. There's four people left him the, oh. the entire time he's on stage, Dennis is in my ear. Uh, ins- you know, essentially busting balls on Skip Stevenson, and, and it, like constantly, and it's hilarious. For 90 minutes, I'm howling my ass off, and and it's things like I, I heard that joke with the original cast. <laughs> you know, he's just bailing Skip Stevenson. And then here's how I knew I would love Dennis for the rest of my life. Dennis gets on stage at 1.10 a.m. There's literally three people there. He does every single joke he did in my year, he does on stage. Just to show everybody I know what's going on. And it crushed, it crushed me. And I said, boy, this guy's got stones. I, I got I to gotta hang with this guy.
2: Oh, very, very... Th- did he write most of his stuff on Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live?
8: Yeah,
7: he did. I thought so. B- back in those days, they didn't have anybody dedicated to Weekend Update. Every, you know, that writing staff constantly has to behave like they're in, they're in Hitler's bunker. I mean, it's crazy survival mode. So everybody's trying to get their sketches on. That's the big thing. So nobody has time to write monologues. Uh, Herb Sargent... Uh, who was the veteran at that point in time would would throw dennis some jokes so dennis would call me every or i would call dennis say listen i got a joke that's killing on the road but it's got a shelf life of a week why don't you take it and run with it so i would i would feed him some jokes and i think he never forgot that and loved that and that's one of the reasons he called me when he had a chance to do his own show on hbo
2: What a great—one of the first times I ever saw him, and I don't know, because I I was never really that big a Saturday Night Live watcher. At the beginning I was, and then when Billy Crystal and Christopher Guest were on, I watched it then, too. But one of the first times I ever saw him on Weekend Update, he came on and said, it's been revealed, ladies and gentlemen, the city of New York— New York, New York, New York State. The city of New York now has a white population of only 49%, so I'd like to announce— I'm sick and tired of getting hassled by the man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's great. It was a great joke. But you on stage, I also remember, and unfortunately, uh, Mr. Meany's no longer with us, but I saw you and he on stage at the Old Guthrie in the Round. It was the last thing I ever saw at that theater. So it was a very, very special night for me. That was a fab Uh, Boy, working with Kevin Meany was... uh...
7: It's just so much fun. Every second is fun. <laughs> he took nothing seriously. Oh God, no. <laughs> and uh, so to work with him was at work, you know. It was so much fun, and I'll just never, ever forget what a superhuman being was. And plus just he could ju- I just loved the song. I, I still sing it. I sing it in his honor sometimes on gigs. I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> That's a great My jumps don't go over, I don't care. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Bing, bing, bing. Pow, 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 pow. I don't care, key change, I don't care. He, would, he would announce the
8: key change that killed me. <laughs> oh, God, oh,
2: absolutely. He the First time I ever met him, he comes in the studio, sits down. Is this, a, this is a KQRS, years ago. Sits down, looks at me, and goes, I got some advice for you. Get that puss off your face! Yeah, <laughs> Wipe I had a, that puss off your face. Wipe that puss <laughs> off your face. <laughs> apparently, uh, I had a crabby look or something. I don't know, but you know, so many great times. Like I said, mentioning you and I are on the golf course and we're just laughing like lunatics. Hit you, hit the ball. You go play golf, but man, I used oh, to. I love... remember
8: the
7: one round I played out at Spring Hill. I think it was. Yep. Uh, I had, I think it was early in the year. So I had come zero prep. I had nothing and he said, you want to go golfing? I went, sure. So I get to this place. I, you know, I might as well be a Hasidic Jew at that point. I might as well have a black hat on, curly diaper, I have nothing for golf. You walk me into the clubhouse, it's like one of those fast changes in an old nineties movie. I come out looking like I'm a member in Caddyshack. I got a hat on, I got spikes, I got a little hat. I'm all set to golf. I'm set with a $1,000 set of clubs. It was so much fun. And then I, that was the uh, that was the round I had to leave at, like, the 14th hole because I had to go catch a flight. I remember, yeah. And, uh, and I almost hit a hole-in-one on the last hole. And then literally I tap in a two-foot putt, and I've never been able to say this before in my life until then. Got to go, guys. Got to <laughs> go.
2: There's my birdie. Got to go because I just birdied. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. Absolutely.
7: And I also remember going into the old KQ and doing shows and just feeling so good. You were so key to comedy early on in Minneapolis because you loved good comedy. You loved good comics. You were in a position. I have no idea what was going on from a business standpoint, but I just know this. You pushed to get comics on and not just the big names who were coming through town you pushed hard to get Louie on because you knew a he'd kill mm-hmm. and b make the show look good c make the radio station look good but but i know i know now after 35 years behind the camera that's a heavyweight bout you never walk into somebody's office and go hey i want to do this and they go
0: ah yeah sure
10: It's always,
7: (laughs) one to the head, a jab, three to the body, round two. It's a pummel fest. And so to be able to do that, and then that greased the sledge for someone like me to come on. And then when I would go on, I would go, I got to kill. This guy worked his ass off to get local comics on to show everybody they were just as funny as national comics. So my hat's off to you for that. I know that was not easy. And then you get that kind of confidence in a show like that. You can go anywhere in the country and do radio because you were not like, uh, all right, we've got four minutes. Uh, give me three tee ups, and then can you do the weather for us? Right, you right. That guy.
2: No, I, that was not the way we did it.
7: <laughs> no, you were the guy who said, okay, we'll get to some of your bits, but I also want you to wing off the top of your head. We're going to do the news. Let's go. So you had to prove yourself on that front, and boy, I, I loved I, I loved doing your show. It was the highlight of my week.
2: What's so amazing to me, Jeff, is I didn't know that nobody else put comics on. I just assumed it was such a natural that everybody yeah. would do it, but they didn't. And I, I was like, "No, what is wrong with you?
7: Yeah, I know. I know. It reminds me of, um, I was talking to Seinfeld, and he was like, uh, you know, he did the whole nine years of his show. They did it a whole different way from normal sit he came in out of left field. He came in from late night. As you recall, his pilot was originally for late night. Yep. He said, I don't yep. want to do a two-hour comedy special. I want to split it up into four and a half hours, and I'll do a sitcom with Larry David, and It'll be weird and off the wall. They snuck it in through late night. It gets on. It's a whole new way to do sitcoms, a whole new way to write sitcoms. It becomes the greatest hit sitcom of all time. Yep. And I'm talking to Jerry, and he goes, and right when I left, I thought I'd shown them a new way. They just shut the door and went back to the old way. They
2: did. He's absolutely <laughs> did. right about that.
7: <laughs> That's how sick the heads are sometimes on that side of the of the business ledger. Yeah, they just they just don't care about the creative. So you got to keep hammering
8: them.
2: You need to get a hold of me when you get into town Just a few more months You come in in October He's going to be at Acme Jeff Cesario, ladies and gentlemen I got to see you, man I haven't seen you in a long time it, it, Yeah,
7: we'll do it for sure we'll do I'm, it. Uh, like, I'm 103 I have a mask surgically implanted in the back of my throat So you don't even see
2: it Perfect I'm very, well, very, I'm very happy about that <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today It means a ton to me As, as does our friendship, man You're a great friend Love you, pal Amen. Love you and uh, continued success. And we'll hang soon, brother. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, sir. See ya. Bye. We'll take a break. Be back with our two. Catherine has shown up, which is good. Alex's kids Get are to here. Me.
0: We me. Wrangling children. Wrangling. Right. Yeah. Trying to do a show. They're very excited. In between spilling water, smashing chairs, and falling. Over. And falling. <laughs>
2: I'm going to the bathroom. Hell of a first hour. The family is all here. Doug Sprinthal is here. And by the way, you guys can jump in and ask questions anytime you want. It's not like I'm carrying on some long deal here. I, 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 some. I don't like deal.
3: Cesario. <laughs> oh, yeah, nah.
2: nice try. Yeah. He what a horrible human being he is. Sadie, yeah,
0: be careful with the lamp out there, please. We start <laughs>
2: with a couple of big uh, big names Don Shelby and Jeff Cesario. Oh, got a second and hour. Don? Don was fantastic. Oh, he was the first segment. Darn. He was great. But a couple of greats coming up in second hour, too. We'll be back right after this.
3: Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal.
2: Was there ever a question in your
3: mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there. Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I
2: love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out...
4: They ship today.
2: Find out an hour or two that Sage has a sharky just like Andy. Yes, he does. Quite
0: hot news at the moment. His, his sharky is blue and yours is gray. Mine was gray, yes. And smaller. Indeed. We went to the aquarium yesterday for fun. Sea life. So, the Mall of, Mall of America Aquarium. So Sage got a shark and Fawn got a I mermaid. I forgot that that place is pretty cool.
3: It it's is have cool. there in a long we time. We talked so about cool. it in the morning. I, get, I went there with my kids when they were that age, yeah. and I got vertigo standing in the thing. It
0: is I, a yeah, little woozy. Fawn after yeah. a while, she was like, can we get out of here? Because yeah. the people in front of us going through the tunnel took forever. Wow. They were stopping at every fish and taking 27 yeah, pictures. But, I was like, I'm going to yeah,
2: barf. But, get out of yeah, here. Okay. I feel fault.
3: good I'm not the only one.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely. The
2: wasn't kids their fault they got immune. wedged I'm in there? They are big and... Yep. Well, they were. Oh, at some boy. size. Well, there's too.
0: there's a lot of mirrors, and then with yeah. this stuff floating mm. around, you're a little
2: bit and well, it's and dark you're in, a in tunnel there. and it's yeah. dark. Yeah, it's After like a, a while,
0: little bit like whoa. If Vaughn like was like, I feel weird, trippy. It's Twelve like
2: foot too. shark right above your head. Yeah. that was odd. Yeah, well, that was the, great time. The
0: jellyfish room. The ray oh forgot gosh. all about the jellyfish room.
2: Do we have a guest on the horn, Andy? We sure do. We got Paul McCurio. Who? Paul? Who? <laughs> Never heard of him. COVID Kenny? Is that who we're talking to? You know, here's a man, by the way, I cannot get this vision out of my head, sitting on a beach on the Atlantic Ocean with Catherine and Paul Mercurio and me. I'll never get that out of my head. It's your fault.
0: Beautiful day.
2: It was gorgeous. What's happening, Pally?
8: Hey, guys. How are you?
2: We're doing well. Nine years, 2,000 episodes of this bad boy. You've been on it many, many. When are you coming to town again? Get, Get off your butt and get to town. What are you doing?
10: Yeah, we're just, I'm going to start coming out again now that people are vaccinated. I mean, I had COVID, so I'm still dealing with, like, I'm, I guess they call me a long hauler, so I'm like still dealing with stuff from it, and I've been a little hesitant to kind of go near people. But So uh, you well,
2: know. how was that? How was having COVID?
10: Well, I mean, I'm still really tired from it, like, and I sat I, I on my stamina back, and I got, like, joint issues, and they don't know, if, like, they just don't know why any of this is happening. Like, I've been to one of this doctor, like, one of the best COVID doctors in New York, and, you know, you'll sit there, and you'll go, like, oh, I'm, I'm tired all the time, <laughs> yeah, and I lost my sense of taste and smell, and like, yep, yep, we've heard that, and... I got aches, pains. Yeah, we've heard that. And you could say anything, like, you know, um, you know, frogs crawl out of my butt every Tuesday. Yep, yeah, we've heard that.
2: You told me that. True, right? Yeah, I remember you told me that.
10: It was a big problem. <laughs> and so it's like, and uh, which isn't a bad thing. And uh, so they just don't know. And so, you know, they got me taking a couple of different meds to kind of deal with it. So my blood's inflamed, and so they give you these meds and stuff. And then I think probably like, the worst, one of the worst things is you get friends that try to help you with stories oh, that, God, you know, man. like, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like, <laughs> one guy's like, uh, oh, you got it, huh, yeah, you lost your taste of smell, yeah, yeah, I got it. a friend of mine, yeah, it's been over a year, he still doesn't have his taste of smell back, I'm like, okay, <laughs> and then another guy, um, he was, he was fine, I swear to God, I'm not making this up, this is what he said, he goes, so another you know, was fine, and you know, he's out and about and out of bed, and. About a month later, he had a blood clot and collapsed in the parking lot of a Walmart. I'm like, what are you doing? Why is he
3: telling you that?
8: Exactly.
10: And then then another guy, he goes, yeah, yeah, he thought he was fine, and six months later, his lung collapsed. I'm like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. I can't do this.
2: (laughs) I understand (laughs) that completely.
3: Facebook medical degrees.
2: Yeah.
10: Yeah. Exactly. 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 And um, so, you know, it's just been, the the fatigue has been a real drag, man like uh, you know I feel, I feel like a 90 year old man some days, but um, you know and I'm in uh, New York is you know coming back, but that's that, that's been weird that whole thing here has been just so bizarre you know
2: no, um, I did see that Colberts gonna bring back an audience uh, is that correct?
10: Yeah, um, we're looking at June 14th uh, we're gonna do some test shows ahead of time and they are gonna open it back up you know we weren't sure because it's a Broadway house basically it's a theater from the 20s so like we weren't sure if we were going to go the way that Broadway was going and open up like based on their schedule but I guess because people vaccinated and stuff but the city's been it's coming back but it's been like it's just been weird it's been like too quiet like like I like I would get up at like 6 in the morning and just jackhammer around the city just so I felt like things were normal (laughs) you know what I mean like just just stand outside people's apartments and just yell in different languages, you know. Um, And so, but I think things are coming back to normal because I saw two cab drivers get in a fight and uh, classic, like, over a parking spot, I think, and they both got out of their cab and they literally turned into a fist fight. And they had their masks on, and they were fighting, and then I think one of them realized they're supposed to be six feet apart, so he kind of, like, ran backwards a few feet and, then like, ran at him. <laughs> just
0: just a <laughs> uh,
8: windmill like, from six feet apart. It was, it was like
10: <laughs> a, exactly. It was like a big slap fight. Like, <laughs> you know. uh, So it's just, yeah, so it's just been, uh, you know, we've been out of the city, up in, uh, up in Connecticut, hanging out up as much as we can, so. Yeah, you guys are all safe. Nobody got it,
2: right? Nobody got it that we know of. No. I've, uh, I, yeah, not, not anybody in the family ever showed any sign of having it. So, mm. uh, Although I do remember a year and well, a half ago. My dad ago. had it. Now, your dad had her, her father. Ninety-four-year-old father had it and made it through, so that was good news.
0: With no no, yeah. no after-effects whatsoever. Yeah,
2: none. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks. I feel really good about
0: myself. <laughs> it. Oh. Hey, what are you doing? Get some exercise. <laughs> Jesus.
10: <laughs> Can I come visit your father and have him beat me in arm wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> come over here, Sonny. We're going to Indian leg wrestle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh... For, uh, uh, for some of our new listeners, I, had, I do have to point out, one of the great thrills of my life is having Paul Mercurio as a passenger in my car. Because <laughs> it's non-stop commentary. <laughs> exactly.
10: exactly. I, I, uh, I actually go out of my way to make my wife pull alongside a car so I can give dirty looks. Um <laughs> So we're pulling onto the highway, and this Yahoo in an eighteen wheeler decides he's just going to pull on. Well, no, we're on the highway. He pulls on, and he's going to cut right in front of us, oh, like he's driving a you know a Mazda Miata,
2: right? right,
10: right. And and one of these guys. So my wife's just like, oh, drivers, they, they stink, you know, whatever. Me, I got to say something, right? Because I'm like you, like you. What was that phrase we came up with when we were driving? Didn't we come up with something that we, we yelled did. at people?
2: Yeah, we did. What was it again? It was. <laughs> it was
10: <laughs> <laughs> I, and I think there was a swear word in it, so maybe and of course careful. there was. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a possibility there was a swear word in it. You're right, absolutely.
10: So I, so I had my wife pull up alongside the truck, right? Just to make the point, I rolled the window down, and I, and I, I didn't give him the finger, but I gave him one of these, like when you know when you throw your hands up, like what the like that, right, like, right, drying truck, but I'm. Hanging out the window, going seventy miles an hour, and I'm like, I gotta get some <laughs> therapy because this is not helping anybody.
2: <laughs> well, you should get therapy. I'm, anyway,
10: I, I'm gonna. I'm. I was telling somebody I'm gonna miss COVID because I had an excuse not to be around people, and I hate people. Like I know, it's like I just can't deal with it, and I'm not. I'm out of practice when it comes to confrontation. Like you know how I am. Like I got. I think I got to say something all the time. Yes. So I'm going to get my mother some coffee, and I pull. I pull into the drive-thru, and this conversation happens. I get, uh, Hi, I'd like a, a large hot coffee and a blueberry muffin. Okay, you want a cranberry muffin? No, a blueberry muffin. <laughs> and, and you want and you want an iced coffee? No, hot coffee. You want small or large? Large, okay. Large iced coffee? Do you want anything? No. Hot coffee. Yes, I'd like cream in it. Okay, a cranberry muffin. A hot coffee, and you want uh, you want something in that? I go yeah, I go cream, goes, okay. And then he goes okay, come around uh, black coffee. I go no, something cream, half and half. I want something in it. Anything that's white. And I, that's what I said. uh Oh,
7: <laughs> exactly,
10: exactly. And so I'm like praying now if I go around that this guy at the window's not black. And sure enough, he's black. Bubs. Uh Whoops! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hot coffee really burns your face, I'll tell you
2: that. Get a little pitch at you, did it?
10: Yeah, a little, uh, I don't think I'm prepared to go back into the real world.
2: No, No. you are. Look, you handle crowds better than any comedian I've ever seen. I mean, you drag people up on stage, and you get the best out of them, I think, better than anybody I've ever seen, Paul.
10: Thank you. I appreciate it. But I'm not as strong as you. Your father in law apparently. <laughs> I'm
8: just a
2: weak shriveled up old man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that.
10: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, the building the building had this policy of like um only one person in the elevator uh, yeah. at a time. Oh yeah, know? sure. Which was which again was great for me because there's nothing I hate more than having to make small talk in the elevator.
9: Oh,
8: right? Yeah,
10: yeah. And and if it's a building, like a business building, it doesn't matter because you never see the person in it, but these are people that you're neighbors, so you've got to kind of make small talk, and I just, I just hated it, and it was so great to get on. It was almost worth getting COVID, so I didn't have to talk to anybody, you know?
3: <laughs> That's
2: really nice.
10: <laughs> and I, I mean, like, I just, like, if you, like, if you poisoned me, right, and I had to get to, like, the 11th floor of my building to get the antidote, and then... I got on, and then like you got on right after me, not you, my friend, but somebody I don't know. I would just get off the elevator and die in a
2: lot. I just... I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Uh, uh, Can I just so, thought of something on this show? This show has four segments, a two-hour show. It's got four segments, mm-hmm. and 50% of the segments are taken up by Italian people. I don't know if I like <laughs> that or not.
9: Hey, you know hey. what I like? I like a little cup of a spaghetti, and a meatball.
2: Yeah. Oh God, where's Alex? Yeah, I one another thing I love. You would come up to Alex. Paul McCurry would come up to Alex and start ta- making up Italian words just to piss her off. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Hey, I'm gonna go to the store. You want
10: some pasta fagioli? <laughs>
2: That was so that is, fantastic!
10: Oh my God. What a day today, Linguini on <laughs>
2: <laughs> She hates that miss, so much.
8: Yeah, I miss seeing you guys. I know, I'm, I'm
10: really looking forward to getting back out there.
2: Oh, you got it! Having you, our
10: drives together and going yes. golfing. I've been golfing with my son. It's going pretty well. Yeah, you said your son's
2: a, your son's a pretty good player. You said, huh?
10: He is. He hits it. He hits the well now. He's Kicking my rear end. He's and he's got a pretty good short game, and uh it's annoying. I cut his hamstring, and uh, good. excellent.
2: Like,
0: yeah, you know, just to kind of have an out, a little edge on him. Well, but, you can uh, you can use the COVID excuse for the rest of time.
8: Yep, <laughs> it's true. Oh, you beat a sick person. Good yeah. job. Good for you, kid. oh My COVID's
0: acting up today. Mm-hmm. No wonder you oh. won.
10: Oh, I
8: need a I need a couple of strokes on this.
2: Let's play baseball. <laughs> now, I, I should point out one of the great tips of playing with Paul Mercurio is uh, first time that I ever played golf with Paul Mercurio. We also played with Rick Bronson from Rick Bronson's House Comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, every time that Mister Mercurio would make up a, a putt, he would then run around the green with his putter straight up in the air, cheering for himself. Wow! <laughs> wow. Right. It was a real thrill. Right.
10: I, I still do that now, but I do it without pants. And, oh, it makes it uh, even, even better. That could be even better. Well, I was just feeling so, you're such a good golfer, and Rick, uh-huh. who is annoying just as a human being, and then, <laughs> you know, I mean, I love him, but he's annoying. He's, annoying. he's tiny, and he's annoying. he's wedding cake tiny. And he just loves to put it in your face when he golfs. So I had to, like, I had, like, I had two good putts the whole day, or maybe a couple more. I had to strut my stuff, as they say, and, like, kind of, you know, but, I don't know, my, um it's just been good to, I mean, I've spent a lot of time with my son, which has been great. he been home and stuff, so that's been good, and, uh although, the dog kind of looks at me like, what's going on, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. It's, it's like, because, like, you know, they're not used to having you around, and then like, was like uh initially the dog was like oh this is awesome you're here and then like then it was like a second stage of almost like oh well, wh- why are you here yeah. a lot and then the third stage was like would you just get out of the house you're such a pain in the ass Can you just leave please <laughs> you're a jerk like even the dog vibe that i am <laughs> you don't want to live with me
8: you
2: know yeah. it's just crazy one of the great things about paul Maccario, ladies and gentlemen i believe it was your father's funeral if i remember correctly And your Mm. cousin was selling mattresses out of the Mm -hmm. back of his car at the funeral. Yes. Which was a nice Italian touch right there.
0: Famous opportunism. you ever hear this one, Doug? Mm -hmm. I have
2: not. Oh, Paul, do you mind... Great. What was the name no, of no. Your, your cousin? What, the, what was his name again? My cousin, my cousin Bobby. Bobby. There you go. Bobby. Doug. Bobby. Yeah, Bobby.
10: Was, uh, Bobby was a very handsome man. He's like six four, like an Adonis, like even better looking than John Travolta. You know what I'm saying? And he talked like that, <laughs> and he uh, and he wore really tight pants, white, always white, with white loafers. Like he was standing in front of the social club, like you know, you know the kind you see in the mob movies, because he was a numbers runner. And he'd smoke his cigarettes, and his legs were always moving. You know, like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, like, yeah. A live snake in his pants. Yeah, like there's like two live snakes in his pants trying to get out, you know? <laughs> and uh, and he basically, you know, just was your classic Italian, like, going to make money the easy way. I'm not going to get a job, working as faroops, that kind of thing. So he came to my father's open casket funeral, which I always love because they go, oh, he looks so good. I'm like, no, he looks. Dead with makeup on.
2: Doesn't look good at all. (laughs) That's very
10: true. Oh my god, that Italian thing is so weird. And um, so so Bobby, you know, uh, and so everybody's there, like at the at the funeral, and you know, like it's people come in like subdued colors, like grays and blacks and blues. And Bob, and you know, and, and you're in the receiving line, and you see this long line of people. And at the at the end of the of the room, way in the back of the funeral home, is this like fluorescent orange dot. Coming at us, right? And as he gets closer, it's my cousin Bobby, and, and and none of this is made up. He he came dressed in a fluorescent orange silk shirt, unbuttoned with gold chains hanging out, <laughs> like it, you know, like it's like he went and got a <laughs> and put it on his chest. That's how much chest hair he had, Sean. He had white slacks. White mesh loafers. He was like a cream fickle with chest hair. Basically, <laughs> is what he was.
8: Oh, I and then,
10: and it was the summer, right? So he put he would always, he always in the summer he would never wear socks. He wear loafers with no socks, but it was the summer, and he, he wanted to stay cool. So he put powder on his feet. But he overdoes everything. Like you know, he used like a gallon of high karate in a week,
8: right? <laughs> and
10: he put so much powder on his feet that every time he'd step toward the casket, puffs of white smoke were coming out of the top of his <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'd read over to my brother Arthur, I'm like, I think somebody nominated a pope. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with the No white smoke. So, so he comes closer, and he sits down, and he does the kneels and does the prayer at the casket, and he comes over oh. to me, and... Um, and then he goes like this. Is, he's got. He goes, "Hey, uh, uh Paulie." He goes, "Paulie, uh, Uncle Otto." That was my thought. Uncle Otto. He was a, he was a good man. And he grabs. You know, like when an Italian grabs your hand, like the one hand by the wrist, and then pulls it in. Right. And pulls my hand and and puts his hand against mine, and he palms me a little something for the funeral. And he palms me fifty dollars, like I'm a d' at a restaurant.
2: <laughs> at your father's funeral.
9: Yeah, just to help out a little bit, fifty dollars.
10: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Bobby, that's great. It's not going to even pay for the flowers. you cheap. cheap. Uh, so we leave. So now he's hanging out. And now, and then he did this, like, eldest turn. like Because you know, like, everybody's facing you when you at the casket. So right. The whole, like, full audience. And after he did it, I swear to God, he did this turn, like, thank you very much. And he turned to, like, the whole house, like, he was performing. and just started, like, like. Like, you know, his, his, his hips were moving back and forth. Like, he was, like, going to do an Elvis song. And he's, like, perusing, I think, the, the room for, like, women. Like, picking up women. And he starts working the room, and he's hitting on women at the, at the funeral. Right? So, we, the funeral's over, and we leave, and it's night now. And we go, and the only cars left in the parking lot are, like, mine, my brother's, my mother's. And in the back of the parking lot is Bobby, and he's got, like, a van... And he's got mattresses pulled out of the van and stacked up all around the van. Like yeah. And he and he said he said to I said to him, I go, Bobby, were you selling mattresses at my father's funeral? He goes, Yeah he goes, It was a great place, you know. People are kinda of bummed out, they're sleepy. I figured they'd need a mattress. <laughs> yes, you know? they're
2: sleepy, sure.
10: <laughs> I go, Bobby, you know, we have a furniture business. we do that for a living? Like, well, did you do you have an account with a company? He goes nah. You're not that account with a company. I go to the I go I go to the dump. They got them all over at the uh, dump. And I got uh, I got this uh, Chinese guy. I give him fifty dollars. Covers them fifty dollars. I sell him for six hundred. Oh my god! You want in on this? You want in a little bit? I'm like, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like no. That's okay. He's, like, selling mattresses with bugs in them
2: for $600 a pop. One of my and, favorite uh, things about that whole deal is that he dukes you a 50 at your dad's funeral. Yeah.
10: yeah. yeah. He's contributing. Else is, yeah. Everybody else is putting it in cards, you yeah, know, like, a with card. a nice note. Because he's got a, he's all flash. It's all flash. And he was running numbers $100,000 a week out of his father's house after his father passed away. And he was driving a Jag, his wife was driving a Mercedes, they were all like diamonds and things, and this and that, no visible means of support, and, uh, and they busted him, and they, you know, they put him away for a little time for running numbers, and, he, and he, they did a sting, and he literally said to me, I have no idea how they knew what was going on!
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did they ever figure it out? <laughs>
3: Isn't uh, that wonderful? Well, do you do you, yeah. go to, you know many open casket funerals in the Midwest? I don't, I've never been I've to never one. Been when to when one. I was a kid growing up in, yeah. in New England, they all were, right? They all were, yeah, back in yeah. The,
0: the wake. The wake here is usually when they have the open casket.
2: you have the open yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. They don't usually do it yeah. at the church.
8: Where, where in New
3: England did you grow up? Well, I was born in Providence. My uh, grandmother lived in Pawtucket. That's where my dad yeah. where was born. I was uh, born in Providence. Yeah, well, it's a small state. You're either born in, you that's know, <laughs> Providence like or Pawtucket, or yeah. Uh, but I, I, but I, but we moved to Lexington when I was probably five or six, and lived there until we uh, moved out to the Midwest.
10: Oh, uh, okay. So you don't have the, you don't have that Italian garlic
3: stain. On no, 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 no. I'm old school Episcopalian. My forefathers taught the mar- taught the Pilgrims how to make martinis. That's that's my family. <laughs>
2: That's a wonderful thing. So my cousin Bobby you're an
10: Episcopalian. He goes, Episcopalian, what is that? You got a bad back?
2: Sage, he like that joke. Uh, yeah, you got a two-year-old is... to laugh. That was good.
0: He didn't hear <laughs> it. Yeah, but he laughed. it was funny.
2: <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> man, he's laughing. Exactly. He Fear loved pressure. it. You need to uh, get to town, Paulie. When are you coming to town? Well, we uh,
10: looking at something later in the year like after the summer so we're starting to kind of starting to kind of book stuff i'm starting to feel comfortable going back because I, I got i got this scene at a club and so i want to make sure a lot of people get back i'm not trying to lecture anybody but i want to make sure that i'm safe when i go out again because i don't want to get this a second time or whatever but um but
9: uh i'm uh, so probably
10: uh you know after labor day i'll let you know when we get a specific date and uh love to see you guys again i miss everybody and uh, hang out, go driving with
2: you. And swear yeah, we'll go awesome. driving. It'll be it'll be magnificent. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just I of course I just cherish you your guys friendship. You family, congratulations on two thousand. That's awesome.
7: Not surprise, but
10: it's awesome.
2: Good thank for you. you, sir. We'll t- we'll see you soon. Hopefully. All
10: right. Yes. Yeah, same
2: here. Take care, everybody. You too. Bye. Hey, gentlemen one of the nicest men, one of the funniest guys I've ever met, Paul McCurio. hanging out with him for an entire day and just listening to him riff on things is a mate. That guy's so quick, it is unbelievable. But he uh, yeah, he would he's got a one-liner for everything. There's not a problem at all. It's that just a great to, storyteller. Catherine, I was going to throw in at the end. Oh, you know what? Can you hang around just five more minutes because Donald Trump's going to be on next.
0: Oh, God. He, he hates, hates yeah, Trump yeah. so much, it's he's one hilarious. Of those, he's one of those constantly tweeting about how much he hates Trump guys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for like a year and a half. You're like, we get it. Yeah, We, we get
2: it, Paul. We get it. Yeah, we know. Yeah, that would have been very I funny. Understand. We should have done that. All right, we'll take a break. Be back with our final guest. We we won't even tell you who it is. Or yeah, did we tell them? Two more guests, technically. Oh, that's right. We do have two more guests, yep. uh, which is great news. It's wonderful. We'll be back with the family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. Four nine one six five two seven. That's continuum, C O N T I N U U M, continuumweightwellbeing.com. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Well Being Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode.
3: We're
0: back. Tom Bernard show without Tom again He keeps yeah. wandering well, in and it's out. Well, only
3: uh, the 2000 you know, episode. There's really little reason for him to. We have Walter Cronkite guesting soon, and all kinds of fancy yeah,
0: people. His, but uh, yeah, his his 2000. No hey, what are you doing They'll there? will be
2: back any second now. So
0: yes, well. But to we Tom. we have a guest on right now.
6: Yes, we sure do. Oh,
0: oh yeah, he's back. That. He's Hello,
8: back. Who is Hello? Oh, Hello.
0: Hello. Hello. How are you?
8: I'm all right. G- How are you guys doing?
0: Good. G- oh, G- Tom, JB's on the phone. He just Ooh. called what's
2: stiff? What? <laughs> what's up, I heard you're a big shot now, having all these uh, big names on your podcast. That's what I've heard. I've had a couple. I w-
8: wouldn't say a lot, but I've had a couple.
2: So how's it going? You like doing a podcast?
8: Yeah, because... Uh, it's been through COVID and whatnot, it's been pretty good to uh, express myself.
2: Are you wearing a mask right now? Yes, I am. I <laughs> can hear it. What are you doing? Aren't you by yourself? No. Oh, you're not? Oh, he's no. at work. I'm at work. Oh, you're at um, work. I you have not-
0: to wear a mask at work?
2: When did you get a job? <laughs> I've had this job for a year plus that's amazing, it's unbelievable. time flies. You know, I got to ask you something, JB and I'm very serious yes, sir. about this. You know how everybody's got this you know this woke culture and this and that and the other thing and all the rest of it. So my question has been 30 years ago, 32 years ago, we bring in two black guys, two Jews, uh, a woman, an Asian woman on the overnight show. Where was everybody talking about, hey, we need to all work together 30 years ago? Where were all these people then? What happened? Well, that was because
8: we were we were something different, and we were making money off of it. So people were jealous.
2: So they wouldn't talk about it. Now, of course, if you don't do it, then you're a, you're a horrible racist and blah blah blah. But when we actually did it thirty years before anybody else did it, nobody cared. It was weird. Correct. It was just weird. I mean, you guys, you and Philip broke the mold in this market. There is no question. In that so you, many ways. In so many ways. You and Philip did. Yes. By broke, I mean ruined. No,
8: that's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it, it is frustrating because in this market, it's still very, very uh,
2: low.
8: Honky-ish? Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> no. Very low. I mean, uh, one of the stations have given a couple of people weekend spots and celebrate like it's some great accomplishment. Oh, I know. It's like, it's like, that's just throwaway time. How about drive time, either in the morning or the afternoon?
2: Well, and the amazing thing, JB, is that when you and Philip were both on the show back in the day, it was the highest-rated morning show in America, and nobody cared. It was like, what? Well, when I bring that up to people, nobody believes me. <laughs> they don't believe it was true that you were actually, no. You hung out with that guy. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> well,
8: that and I'm, I'm and I got to be careful how I say this, but I've said this to you before. Unfortunately, as soon as I bring your name up, for some people, they shut down.
2: So. Isn't that hilarious? And they don't even know me. Isn't that weird? No,
8: no, it's very strange.
0: I understand it. Yeah, Catherine gets it she does
2: the same thing, but she's known me a long time. So that that well, know, she's,
0: she's married
2: to you. Exactly. It's oh, a whole deal. Believe
0: me, there's been plenty of times where if I like going out with friends, I'm like, Don't mention that I'm married to Tom, please And they're like why? And I because I don't want to talk about Tom all night. Yeah, you know whether they hate him or they love what's him. He, I just don't. Yeah, really
3: like yeah.
0: And of course I, uh, they would anyway yeah. because my right. friends suck. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: wow. Yikes.
8: I'm still playing baseball. At 59.
2: I love. God, you're 59. I can't believe it. I'm 59. It. Two days ago. Yep. Yep. The birthday. The um, birthday.
8: Thank you. And uh, thank you, Tom. I heard that you mentioned that on the radio station. Well, and the so,
0: podcast.
8: And, oh, and also the podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you. Well, it was your birthday. But uh, I was playing baseball one Sunday over in St. Paul, and the opposing manager has been the opposing manager for years for that team in St. Paul. And all his new, new players, he introduced me as, this is JB from KQ. <laughs> oh God, really? Yeah, I was like, uh, I'm not there anymore, or, you know, whatever. Because, like Catherine said, you you do have that fear of what are people going to say next?
2: Yeah, I suppose that's true.
8: And you and you would believe half the crap I've heard
2: over the years. So, so not all good, is that what you're saying? Oh, oh no. I just, where do they get it? Where do they even come up with this crap? I I don't know. It's been, see, and I've never told you this,
8: but I may have told, it was either Doug or Mike I told this to a couple of summers ago. I started a relationship, and it was, we were three, four weeks in, and it was pretty good, and I had her listen to the podcast. I had made
2: an appearance. And she ghosted me. After appearing on this wow. podcast? Yep. Wow. Oh, that's right. didn't she say it was the most racist show she'd ever heard?
3: <laughs> yes.
2: I think it's hilarious.
3: Yeah, it's It funny. must have been Mexican Monday. Yes, yeah, so it was it on is. Mexican
2: yeah. Monday. She could, it was <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Lord. On what Taiwan the African- Tuesdays. What, what? I just
0: made it up It's it it not
2: a he's thing He's
3: just
0: being racist for yeah. fun You know me I hate you,
2: everybody You know Sprintfall. It's just how he is
8: I hate it. Well
2: But it's You know Like I said
8: It was It was groundbreaking But not only that it, It's helped me Through the years And it's helped, still Helping me now Because like I said With my With my own Podcast um which i tell people tell my guests i was gonna write a book but i don't know how to write a book so i decided to have a podcast well see there you go that'll work (laughs) yeah and just have people i know on to um tell their stories but it's also allowed me through this massive covid and racial tension Change in athletics and all these things that are going on today is giving me a chance to have my own voice.
2: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, man. So, when you you coming over to the house, man, we've been there like a year and we still have well, <laughs> I haven't seen anybody in two years now. It's un it's weird.
8: Well, number one, it's hard to come to somebody's house when they don't give you an address. Well, I'm never gonna do that. <laughs> you
0: know Dang. how to text
8: <laughs> and number two Number two, you just don't invite yourself, especially in, in these days and times, to anybody's house because you you don't know what their are where people are at right now
0: yeah. with
2: having guests and whatnot. Well, yeah, we've suppose.
0: never been weird about it. No,
2: so you got to come over for dinner one night, JB. You live about two blocks away, so it's not that far. <laughs> well, I probably run past it. So you, you might. might, yeah, you might.
8: Yeah, I'm I'm still running. I ran four something yesterday. No, Tuesday. Phenomenal. My time's dropping because they got me on all types of medications.
2: Why do you want? all kinds What?
8: They can't figure out what's what's causing the numbness in my hands and feet.
2: Don't tell me that. I didn't need to hear that. Are you okay?
8: (laughs) As far as I know. Jesus. I mean, they've done every test they can think of, and they all come back. Well... Either the... Negatively or
2: positively in my favor. So, well, that's a very good thing. Just don't forget what the two boys said to the old woman in the, uh, in the back of the pickup truck in Grapes of Wrath. I'm really worried about Ma. She's getting awfully old. Yeah, she's 55. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I will never
2: forget that as long as I live. She's really 55. old. She's 55. <laughs> JB I will um, reach out so I'm assuming you have the same phone number so I will reach out and we'll get a yeah, little dinner on that, the docket
8: yeah that'd be nice because that you know like to, to discuss more about my show and whatnot. And for people who don't know it's called JB's Low Tech Podcast
2: JB's Low Tech Podcast and they can find right. it just about everywhere
8: well you can find it on Podbeam uh, for sure
2: Podbeam okay
8: yeah and um, I don't the up repair, equipment repair business, which has actually been doing surprisingly pretty good. Good. Glad to hear. So it. They're, they're my number two sponsor on the podcast.
2: That's how it should be. All right, Pally. <laughs> we will reach out well, and we'll get together.
8: Yeah. And I just want to say congratulations to all of you on 2000. That's a hell of a mark, especially for somebody who just hit number 30. So yeah, show. yeah that all, <laughs> it, Hey, we
2: you were you were a big part of the 2000s, so it all worked out in the end, man. <laughs> oh, it's um, I
8: only do it once a week, and you guys do it five days a week, so that's do, pretty cool.
2: Do you use "I'm Black Y'all" as your theme music?
8: Uh, no, uh, that is used for my um, best of or lost episodes. Good, good. I, I've even had I've had four of those.
2: Well, good. So you are using it still because we need. It it, it made its debut on the KQ morning show about 25 years ago, and it needs to continue.
8: No, I am using a different Tony tune for my opening. What is it? Uh, All. It's called "All Bitch Please." (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, hey, whatever (laughs) works. Red Red Pot says "All Bitch Please." No, Del Reese says "All Bitch Please." to Red Fox. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> And then she adds, do you want a sandwich? And there's
2: other, <laughs> well, do other you? stuff
8: Tony through in there.
2: I love so, it. All right, Pally, we will see you soon. Thank you so much for calling in, JB. It's great talking to you, Pally. Uh,
8: well, thanks for remembering me. It's
2: nice to be remembered. <laughs> we we all believe that's true. It's nice to be remembered. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, gang. Thanks. Bye. You too. JB, ladies and gentlemen, one of the two first black men ever on the radio in the the state of Minnesota. What do you think of that action?
0: Well done, Tom.
2: And no, not (laughs) well done, Tom. I'm just saying nobody cared, but now it's all they care about. But they don't look back and go, you know, this happened 30 years ago. They're That's
0: what guy. happens I'm, I'm, when you're ahead of your time
3: I guess I'm a little concerned that he fell for Mexican Mondays Yeah, though. he
2: did, he <laughs> thought it was real <laughs> He actually thought it was real <laughs> Mexican Monday, Taiwan Tuesday right. Not really. Uyghur Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> We got it all We got it all cooking oh, no. Yeah, no. it's our oh, spare, favorite slave show on Wednesdays <laughs>
9: You guys haven't seen oh, JB right? in, okay. in two, years? two years I saw him at the container store He came
2: oh, did.
3: he oh. did oh, so
2: did. Was he just, wearing his mask?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he wears, I mean, he loves that at man. That I think the last time I saw him was the old studios because they used to come in and it's do Fridays once in a while. He'd always fall asleep in the show. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Um,
2: yep. Except yep. For when who was on? He never fell asleep when one guy was on. One guy? Who? Remember, a comedian? He would oh, Jay- oh, Gilbert oh, Godfrey. Oh, oh, Gilbert Godfrey. God oh, yeah, oh, God. It was phenomenal. Just... Oh, God, he hated Gilbert. <laughs> we have Louis on the phone. Well, he hates Louie, too. No, that's not true. Louie, ah. how are you, pally? I'm good. How are you, Tommy? Marvelous. A bunch of really, really close friends have called in today, and I just uh, it mm-hmm. makes me very happy. 2,000 episode, nine years in, and uh, man, we had all these... All Yay, these... 2000
9: episodes. <laughs> a, I remember when you did episode
2: one. You do remember when I did episode oh, one? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> The Nick's works the very that's, first that's
9: an accomplishment. That's And so you realize wild. you can account you can account for your time two thousand times if unless if there's a trial. Yeah, we got so alibis.
2: We do, yes. I was on the podcast, it wasn't me. That's what I will tell mm-hmm. everybody. I, I, that absolutely. was the day Catherine,
9: that was the day Catherine missed it though, so I don't know where <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Louie <laughs> one of my, one
2: of my great uh, memories uh of being your friend for many, many years. First of all, when you, when you brought about 15 dozen donuts to the very first show at Treasure Island in Vegas. And then again, when I watched you accept the Emmy Award for Best Actor. Louie, that was one one proud moment. The fact that I, I watched you be so grateful that you won that Emmy. It was wonderful. I think, though, also
9: you were a predictor. Of that Emmy early
2: on. That's true. Yeah, I did say you're going to win that yeah, thing. Yeah, you you you're going to win that. And I go, ah. Ah. Well, you're a beautiful ah. woman. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs>
9: you know, I'm actually, a, I actually looked like a real woman. I don't. You look did. Like a, I mean, I was able to make the transformation.
2: It was amazing watching that very first episode. here comes Louis. Louis uh, Louis's a woman in, that, in the show. And it was. You did a hell of a job, man. People loved it. well obviously you don't win a, you don't win a best actor award unless you're doing a good job, man.
9: Yeah, I think it's um it's a great thing you know, it's always I'm happy that I won it. Mostly so people would you know, this is I used to get mad because people never thought I was a very good actor and I go, I don't care what you say. What? But um then when they started saying that, this, this made me laugh hard. Oh, I didn't think you had that in you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Minnesota thing to say, isn't that? Yes, oh, it? Yes, is.
2: You are correct. That's a very Minnesota thing to say. No doubt about it.
9: But that changed my whole career at 61. I got the part of my lifetime, and
2: I've been working ever since. Oh, God, you've been working. Yeah, but you've been, I, look, let's not forget being on the Carson show. That kind of helped you out, too. I'm pretty sure you killed it on that show.
9: Well, that show, I mean, gave me a career. It did. The next day, I mean, people were saying, you were great last night. And I go, oh, God, well, who are you? Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and that was really a, a eye-opening thing. And people were interested in making deals. And I went to the uh, Vegas, and then I got I opened for the Commodores the next week on the Vegas Strip. Oh, God. Jesus, I guess it was a whirlwind that It was just like everything you
2: dream of doing. You know what's weird, Louis? That can never happen again because of streaming. Hardly anybody watches broadcast TV anymore. So I don't know if that would ever happen again. Not that many people. Well, Don Shelby was on the first segment. He said there used to be three stations, now 450. So you got no shot at numbers like that anymore.
0: You can build a huge I think Donnie had a steady.
9: 27 million
2: people. Oh, God. Wow. Unbelievable. And that was when there was less than
9: 60, probably about 60 million watching
2: TV then. Yeah, there's about almost half the half of the people available to watch television. It was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. That show was huge. And nothing will ever I'm top sorry. that, Louis. No talk show will ever top Johnny Carson. It's not going to happen. No, no, nobody will, no. God. You know... Um, have you been watching the late
9: night thing on uh, CNN?
2: Uh, oh. no, I have not watched. I have not. It's, worth,
9: it's really worth watching because they really do show the actual transformation of, you know, from uh, Steve Allen to. Oh. You know, they have all the early Letterman stuff on when he was a weatherman, and then a daytime show, mm-hmm. and then they really show the transformation of late night and Johnny, how he, you know, what happened and how he did it, and people, you know, his family talks, and people who were there talk, you know, people who are
2: close to those people, so it's fascinating to me. God, you look back at those, can you believe that a kid from St. Paul... All of a sudden, there you are on uh, on the Johnny Carson show, and Johnny's just falling apart. I'll never forget watching that night. Johnny could not handle it. He was laughing that hard. Well, now I was. It
5: uh, chokes me up. Aw, Louie. Love, we love
2: you, Louie. That's the very reason we love you so much, man. You're part of the family. Do you want to call back? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. No, yeah. but you know,
9: I oh. think it's good to be I think it should be a bow show about stuff. Why not? Absolutely I true. couldn't ever
2: even show the sign of a real woman or a real man. That's what that is. That's all that is. No it... Well we
9: had so much fun. I mean, you're right. It'll never be the same. It will never Everything be. Everything has same. been everything's been cut up and dissected and and uh, minimalized and and um, analytics, and you know, scrutiny they scrutinize everything. Nobody's getting a, more than a couple seasons, it seems like, yes. on TV anymore at all.
2: No, it's you know? true. You know, one great thing—they
9: don't—they want to own everything now.
2: Yep, they do. They
9: want to own all your images. They want to own everything you do.
0: Yeah, it's all about money now. It's all about
8: the
9: moolah, Catherine.
0: <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> money,
9: money, okay, money, very, money, very, money, money, Very
2: <laughs> quick story. Uh, this is about four years ago. Louis comes over to Catherine and my house for a New Year's Eve. And the nice thing back in those days is when we lived on the lake in Golden Valley, they used to shoot fireworks off over the lake on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, the fireworks go off and Louie comes to me and he goes, Tom, could you do me a favor? Next year will you cut that tree down because I couldn't see all all the fireworks. (laughs) 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 I wanted the tree cut down. Yes, absolutely. Louis. I'll cut it down. Uh, No problem. Why
0: didn't you make your house taller? (laughs) Why didn't you make
2: your house taller? What are you doing? Why didn't
0: you have an observation deck? Yeah, Yeah, I should have had an observation deck
2: for the the fireworks. Is that
9: that New Year's yeah, the governor and
2: everybody was there. Yes, everybody was there that night. It was unbelievable. Um,
9: Tommy P and uh, his wife
2: and uh, yeah. no, absolutely, everybody was, was there. Norm Coleman was there. Tim Palanti and his lovely wife were there. Everybody was there that night. No question about it. Glenn Mason yeah. from the Gopher football. They they were all there that night. It was God. What a what a fun time. It was the greatest. So now, when are you coming to town?
9: Well, I'm thinking of coming in. I want to see my sister, and I want to see some other family members and come and see you guys. And so I'm just trying to figure it out. Probably in the middle of June or at the end of June maybe do a show.
2: Um,
9: you know, I'm just trying to figure it all out just planning-wise.
2: So. Well, let me know in front because i got um, to make a reservation to Bar La Grasa when you're in town. Mmm, I love that place. It is good.
9: Can I get some extra everything?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, um,
9: was, you know, like um, I was going to say, it's really crazy. I, I worked this weekend. I got a part on a show oh. that um, that just I auditioned for. It. It's a fabulous show. And I did two uh, episodes. I did one Friday and one Monday, and it was so much fun. And they were so great to me. It's a show on BET, and it's called Twenties, all written out T W E N T I E S. Okay. And um, it's a really great show, and the girl uh, JoJo T. Gibbs is a comic who's so talented, and we had a so a, a really fun time. And the whole crew and the cast were wonderful. we were shooting it in Sino and and uh, out in, uh, in uh, Van Nuys, and so I got to see all the California homes, and uh, just it was just weird. I flew in, I hadn't flown, and, um, you know, did that whole rigmarole, and it was really exhausting, because you don't realize that you haven't done anything, you know? You don't realize it takes a little out of you. I haven't done anything.
2: Well, I suppose that is true. Louie, I'm going to make you tear up again probably, but that's a tough hop the way it goes. So, (laughs) people don't know this. Well, some people do, but a lot of people don't know that my mother and Louie were very, very good friends. My mother adored Louie Anderson. And after she died in 2008, we went back and kind of put all her stuff together. And my mother had about 50 statues of angels because she was an ardent Roman Catholic. Oh my God, she had angels everywhere. So there's like fifty angel statues, and right in the middle is a Louis Anderson statue. <laughs> so it was Louis and all it was the an angels. It's an altar
0: to Louis. It's the
2: rapture. <laughs> it was. Un- I, she adored you. I, honest to God, I will never forget. Oh,
0: that. oh, Louis, we forgot to tell you. Um, there was a little clause in Toots's will that we didn't know about. She asked, yeah. she asked for some more tickets, free tickets for your shows.
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know I story, love one you? of those angels that they're around. <laughs> oh, God, we wow. Crack those Probably. Hey, um, Probably. I'll tell you why. It's, uh, it's emotional. Aww. Today
0: is it's my mom's birthday. Oh, it was Fawn's birthday yesterday. So That's Fawn's right. birthday yesterday, yeah. your mom's
2: birthday today. So That's very it's great, you know? Yeah,
9: It's like a, where birthday and I do on mom's.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah,
9: and, we are um, indeed. My mom's trying to get my statue back from your mom.
8: <laughs> 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 they're,
2: yeah, they're arguing about it right now. Very quickly for the audience, because I know Louis has, has got to get going here, but very quickly, my mother uh talking to Louis, and Louis goes, uh, Tuts, I'm coming to town. I, uh, I'm going to appear at Northrop Auditorium, so I was wondering if you need some tickets. My mother goes, Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'd be terrific. He says, well, call me like tomorrow or the next day and tell me how many tickets you need and we'll get you all set up. And I'll hand it over to Louie for the punchline. If you remember, do you remember the amount of tickets?
9: I thought it was like
2: 19. Yeah. It was I thought it was twenty-two.
0: Close yeah. personal friends. Yeah. How many yeah. tickets you need, Dutch? You know you take a pause
9: and then you go, sure. <laughs> There go my profits great. for the whole week, yeah. but oh,
0: okay.
2: My <laughs> mother would walk around at a Louie Anderson show like, yeah, he's a good buddy of mine. Yeah, I'm a big shot. Oh, did. God, that made her feel she so good. She liked
0: to name drop. <laughs> she did
2: indeed. She <laughs> loved it. Well, it was really fun. It
9: was uh, great knowing her and great having that mom connection because I got to play my mom eventually, and I'm waiting for Tom for me to do another show. So you play your mom? Yes, that'd be all we'd to be. That great. would be really, we're sitting on a bus stop, complaining about
2: everybody.
8: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's exactly. Although if I played my mother, I'd have to deepen my voice. I'd have to talk like Start down here, now. Then, <laughs> I'm gonna get my voice deeper if I'm gonna play my mother. Yeah, you did have God. a deep voice. Louie, you got to come to town. We'd love to see you. We got to take you out to dinner, Pally. I love it, and uh, you
9: know I have a special. A virtual special on Rust Kick. Oh, uh, excellent. June 12th. June 12th. If you guys would uh, mention that, I'd be appreciative
2: of it. Okay, I want
9: well We should get you and on the morning show and the show, guest. too. We have a special guest. We have a special guest from back from the H special. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. That's very, very yeah. nice.
7: Is it the coyote? <laughs> it is the coyote. Yeah. Huh? <laughs>
2: We've got to get rid of the coyote. <laughs> get rid of the coyote, ladies and gentlemen. Louie, I will tell you. I love for, you guys. Love you too, and love I'll you. tell you why I love you so much, Louie, because you were great to my mother. My mother adored you, and, uh, you know, you're just, the fact that you start crying makes you one of my favorite men in the world because you, you really feel it. That's why we adore you, we love you, because you're a very sensitive guy, and you're just, and you're quite funny too. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> I'm
9: going to keep trying to be funny because, really, that's what it's about.
2: All right, Louie, we'll see you soon, you know, pal. we got
9: enough trouble in the world. We need yes.
2: our lab. Mm-hmm. Yes. You are correct. Get to town soon, pal. All right. Love you guys. Love Thanks you too, Louis. Me Thank you. Bye. 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 What a setup that was today, ladies and gentlemen. Don Shelby followed by uh, Jeff Cesario followed by... JB, followed by Louis Anderson, followed by God, all the great Paul Materio. You know, oh, I forgot about Paul. No, I didn't forget about Paul. Believe me, I saved him for last because.
0: Bada bing, bada boom.
2: Exactly. <laughs> nice Italian boy came on. It was unbelievable. No, you know, you do forget about you know, how successful your friends are. You don't even think about that kind
0: yeah, of thing. Yeah, your children are quiet. Did you tie them to something?
2: <laughs> yeah, we better go check on your kids. we yeah, got to wrap it up out anyway. I there but... and
0: Sage had no pants on. Oh. <laughs> so like
2: usual. <laughs> so, usual uh, well, daily just, he takes what his, what his pants do. off. <laughs> Doug, thank you for being on these shows <laughs> all these years, too, man. But, I mean, all the years the show's been on, you've been here.
3: Well, pretty much. I think yeah, I started much. not right away, but probably half halfway into the first year. It's... Uh, I remember going to, I don't remember who the marketing director was, and I said, i got this crazy idea. This might be a good way to tap into the KQ faithful. Tom started a podcast, and she, it was Sue Lynn.
2: Oh, yeah. And All she right. listened
3: to it, and she goes, I'm totally hooked on that. I listened to 10 episodes last night. We have to do that. She's been long gone but you know, yeah so we're still here so no, it's great
2: it's just, it is terrific it is no question about it so thank you to everybody who called and thank you for coming yeah. in today and the whole family was here Two which is thousand
3: really episodes nice. mm.
0: holy yeah. how did we what yeah. That's That's it's a lot of episodes it's so many it's episodes It is. lot of episodes
3: It is. at least you're not on buses anymore <laughs> yeah i used to be on about
2: <laughs> oh should God. i close with that story oh, yeah, yeah sure the old pickle parrot in the old days, I'm down, down at the cookhouse. I'm cutting oh, commercials. God, the There's a parrot. woman in town, uh, and she wanted to go to lunch and grab. She's producing a bunch of commercials. I think it was for McDonald's, actually, if I remember right. They're doing some McDonald's voiceover, and she said, "Well, let's go grab some lunch because we got like you know five commercials to do today. So let's go, let's go have some lunch." So, well, let's go to the Pickle Parrot. there, really good food. So she's sitting with her back to the window, I'm sitting facing the window, and she said, so your, your morning show, I heard it does really well. I said, yeah, it's it's does really, really well, and thank God people like it and all the rest of it. She goes, yeah, and somebody told me, like, you advertise on the side of buses? And I said, yeah. Matter of fact, there's a bus stop right behind you, and if when a bus comes by with the ad on it, I'll point it out and let you know, and you can see it. She goes, okay. So what it actually said was, Tom Bernard in the KQ morning show, mornings from... It was 6 to 9 then. Now it's 7 hours long. <laughs> but as the bus is pulling up to the stop, I can see just the very end of my name. It just says, you know, A- uh, A-R-D. So, oh, there's one. And I'm just about to tell her to turn around and look at the bus side when the whole bus pulls up at the stop. And it says, Tom Bernard in the KQ Morning Show. And there's an arrow pointing to my name and then the word moron. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I didn't point that one out to her. I, I waited for a later one. Uh, there's
3: no yeah. such thing as bad publicity. Well, Unless you're Harvey Weinstein.
2: Well, that's true. It's a very good yeah. point. But uh, thank you very much all for listening. Thanks for coming in. And we will talk to you next week with the family. <laughs>